Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our authentic Becoming an Acts 2 Church series. This series looks at several things the early church embraced that we can devote ourselves to today. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. Hey, I want to just uh, acknowledge something. You know, uh, a lot of snow last night, and uh, this morning there was a team here at 7 a.m. getting ready for worship. They're on the stage, and they're in the sound booth. Would you show them your appreciation for getting here early? Yeah, they, uh, they love what they do, but it's also important for us just to, to uh, share with them uh, their care and uh, our care and our love for them. Cynthia said, we're in the middle of the 21 days of prayer. This is day eight, and uh, on the uh, Sundays in the 21 days of prayer, we uh, worship at, at 9, 15, and 11. We don't have a special prayer service, but we'll be back at it tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., and uh, I want to challenge you to come at least one of those times. And I know some of you can't come uh, at that time, and that's fine. Um, I would encourage you to pick up a prayer journal like this in the, uh, in the lobby, and uh, you can see what we're praying about each day. And you can pray from home or at work at 6 a.m. Or, or find another time during the day. When you came in today, particularly if you came in through the lobby, there's some prayer boards. You're going to see a picture of them behind me. Um, we are asking you... To, uh, to be authentic, to be real, and uh, put your prayer request on the one that say, says prayer requests, and also put the, the people that you would like the body of Christ to pray for salvation, just their first name, last initial, or just their initials. And uh, you know, I can guarantee you, every morning when we've met, there have been multiple people praying over those names, praying over those prayer requests, and so we take that seriously here. So we want to we partner with you in prayer. So uh, after the service today, after you grab a cup of coffee, go over there. There's some, some post-it notes, and you just write uh, your prayer requests, the people that you want us to pray for, put them on the board, and, and just allow us to partner with you, uh, with others. We're really excited about this uh, 21 days of prayer. We're going to conclude the 21 days of prayer on the 21st with an evening uh, potluck meal and a, and, a, and a worship service. So put that on your calendar. That's uh, two, Sunday, two Saturdays from yesterday. So uh, please put that on your calendar because we'd love to pack this place out that night. Uh, we're in the middle of this sermon series uh, called Authentic. And today we're going to be talking about authentic. Look, we're leaning into uh, a verse that comes from Scripture that we believe that God has called us to model ourselves as Christ followers after, and not just individually, but corporately. It's from Acts chapter 2. It's verse 42. It's not going to be on the screen. I want to challenge you to memorize it. It says this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So uh, there's a whole lot more in Acts chapter 2 following that, but, but we really want to lean into that, and we want to lean into to Becoming like the Acts 2 church. That, that's our vision, to be an Acts 2 church. We're, we're valuing that. So some of the things that we're valuing with that we're talking about as Christ followers, being real with one another, being authentic, really uh, sharing our lives, um, you know, having a, a no-limits attitude toward following Jesus. Uh, we're talking about being Christ followers who devote ourselves to prayer, uh, who devote ourselves to being 
authentic with one another, who devote ourselves to honoring and living God's word, who devote ourselves to being in community with each other. Scripture calls that koinonia, and we'll get to that later in the series. Uh, And uh, to be people who devote ourselves to to generosity, sharing our time, sharing our talent, sharing our our touch, sharing our treasure uh, for God's glory in the body of Christ. So so today we're going to look at this whole idea of being an Acts 2 church that's authentic. So if you would, bow your heads with me and let's pray. Uh, Father, you've called us to be real, not to be phony. Not, not to pose as somebody else, to be a poser, uh, to be who you've created us to be. And, and Lord, we, we do uh, claim our identity in Christ as a, as a daughter, as a son of the Most High God. And, and we want to live that out today. We want to live that out in an, in an honoring way. And so, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us and that you would guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's an exciting season at Valleybrook. I've told you about the 21 days of prayer. You, you saw the uh, mission trip video. If you didn't, if you, if you came late and didn't see the update, the trip, the team is in Costa Rica. We'll post it on the website and on Facebook this week, and you can catch up with them. They'll be back uh, and worshiping with us next Sunday. But continue to pray for them. Today, uh, they've, they've gone from ministering to orphans and, and to single moms to doing uh, manual labor, and uh, so uh, you can just pray for them. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not four degrees down there. It's 65 plus, so uh, a little bit more sweating going on. So uh, just uh, you know, ask God to bless them. I remember last, year, last trip, I saw them mixing concrete by hand, so you get a little uh, idea of the kind of labor they're going to be doing. Um, uh, you know, it, just an exciting season, the 21 days of prayer, the mission trip. Uh, Wednesday nights, uh, as we concluded 2016, we were averaging about 86 people here, st- children and students and leaders. And so what God is doing in our midst is amazing. We just came off an awesome life group season and life groups are kicking back in. So if you're not involved in a life group, we want to encourage you to do that. We want to be real and be authentic with one another. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Here's the the first thing that that I want us to look at from scripture today. And this is it. An Acts 2 church is real with one another, is real with one another. So in the fourth chapter of Acts, we see this verse. All the believers were one in heart and mind. That verse reveals that the early church experienced unity from from right at the very beginning. It says they were were one in, in heart and mind. And that's a huge confirmation of a prayer that, that Jesus prayed. If you remember, uh, particularly in the Gospel of John, that Jesus prayed for unity for his followers. He prayed to the Father and he said that they may be one, meaning his followers, as we are one. Unity was so and is so important to God, to, to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, think this one through. At the most critical time for unity in the life of the early, in the, in the disciples' uh, lives, Jesus prayed that prayer and it was answered in the earliest days of the church. Now, I want you to just wrap your head around how unique 
and how marvelous this was. Now, remember, uh, Christianity was born out of Judaism. Uh, Christians were claiming, uh, these Jewish Christians were claiming that the Messiah had come, that it was Jesus. So, so that's going against a whole other segment of the culture. And uh, so they weren't popular with the mainstream of uh, society in Israel at that time. And, and on the day of Pentecost, there was a huge gathering in Jerusalem. Now, to give you a little bit of a sense of why there was such a huge gathering, uh, Pentecost uh, was also the name of a Jewish festival that, that uh, happened, and it was called Pentecost. And so the day that the Holy Spirit came down, that, that God sent the Holy Spirit down and the church was born, we also call Pentecost. And so there was a reason for people from all over the world to be gathered there. But think this through. The day the church was born, there were literally dozens of nationalities and people groups represented. I mean, let me just recall what it says in, in the second chapter of Acts. It says that these, this was the assortment of people who heard that very first sermon. There were Parthians, Medes, Eliamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phrygia, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya uh, near Cyrene, uh, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and, and Arabs. By uh, just my quick count, that's over 15 different people groups. So think this through. You've got people with different uh, language backgrounds. And they may speak a common language uh, to some degree or another. They come from different cultures, different backgrounds. And, and yet, it says that 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus on that day and were baptized. And the church was born. It's exciting, it's awesome, but doesn't it sound ripe for disunity? Uh, you, you got all these people coming together. And so to me, for us to read in Acts chapter 4, that the church was one in heart and mind. That's, that's a miracle. All week, uh, all week this week, as, as we've gathered, uh, at least one person or another every morning in our prayer time has prayed for unity for the church. It's been a recurrent theme. Uh, and, and we're not praying those prayers because there's disunity in Valley Brook or, or disunity uh, that we acknowledge in the greater church, we're praying for that because there are so many things that can cause disunity. I mean, let's face it. Um, we can get offended very easily, can't we? I mean, I'll admit I can be pretty thin-skinned. And, uh, you know, I can get offended. And oftentimes that's when disunity begins. But that's not why we're praying, but we're praying so that we maintain unity, so that unity flourishes in the body of Christ worldwide and obviously here at Valleybrook. Uh, let, let me just be real with you for a minute. You, you know, I have a concern, honestly, for Christ followers. Uh, many Christ followers, I find, are on a quest. They're on a quest for uh, new biblical knowledge or, or more biblical knowledge to the exclusion of applying and living what they already know. Yeah. Um, uh, that's about me 
When I want more knowledge, when I want a, a new Bible nugget that I've never heard before, that's all about me and what I want. That's not about us. And, and uh, being a follower of Jesus is not about me. It's about us. It's about being the body of Christ. It's about being united to one another. And so unity is so critical. And to see at the beginning, at the birth of the church, that the prayer that Jesus... Now, think this one through. I mean, it always, it always catches me off guard when I, see, when I read Jesus praying. He's the Son of God. And yet... He became human. And so he, he prays to God the Father and asked that there be unity, that we would be one then and now and tomorrow. He prays for that. Let me go back. Remember what it says. All the believers were one in heart and mind. All the believers from all over the world that were there and created the church were one in heart and mind. And Acts Two church is unified in heart and mind, but you can't be unified without being real with one another. You can't be unified without really opening up and, and saying, "Hey, this is this is me, and this is uh, this is what excites me. This is what troubles me. This is." Uh, what's blessing me, and this is what's tearing me down. This, it's about being real and, and authentic with one another. So, so the, the first point that I wanted to make today is an Acts 2 church is real with one another. So Acts 2 Christ followers, Acts 2 Christians are real with one another. But here's the second thing, and it really is a correlation that goes with it. An Acts 2 church bears with one another. Because think this through. If you're going to be real with each other, if I'm going to be real with you, if I'm going to be authentic with you, you're going to need to bear with me. Um, uh, because uh, I, may, I may have a burden. Uh, I may uh, be doing something sinful that you need to help me figure out that is sinful. Uh, I, I may just have some, some bad thinking that you need to bear with me to, to help redirect me. Or I may be experiencing incredible breakthrough in my relationship with Jesus and you're not. And, you know, you're sort of wallowing in some pity and my life's going okay and you got to bear with me as well as i got to bear with you. So an Acts 2 church, an Acts 2 Christ follower bears with one another. Paul said that. In the book of Colossians, he said, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I think we've all noticed that we all have uh, little things, little idiosyncrasies that make us unique, little quirks. Uh, certain passions and you know other other passions you know some of you some of you love one team and hate another team or some of you are are uh, uh, you know excited about one craft or one hobby or one kind of music or another kind of music we we have so many different things in our lives and that's tremendous because we're not cookie cutter people that's the beauty of the body of Christ uh, but therein lies sometimes the challenge. Uh, we won't always see 
everything the same way. We won't do everything the same way. You know, I challenge our leaders all the time. We need to give our ministries away. In other words, to bring other people into, into what God's doing here. But that means recognizing that the person that you may want to give your ministry away to may do it differently. And that's okay. Different is okay. We'll not always see things the same way. We'll not always do things the same way. And, and here's, here's what we need to know. Unless somebody is doing something that's immoral, illegal, or unbiblical, it's not wrong. It's okay. They're doing it a, a different way. But no matter our differences, no matter what... Uh, what uh, makes us unique people, we have to bear with one another. We even have to bear with one another when we do things that are wrong. We need to love and encourage and, and try to, to love people to correction. Paul pushes us even further. Paul says, not just bear with one another. He says, forgive one another. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance to, against someone how are you supposed to forgive? As the Lord forgave you. Oof. Forgiving others as the Lord forgave you is, it's convicting. You know, because Jesus sees you and me and he knows our sins. We can't hide them from him. And he still died on the cross. He still said, you know what? I love him. And I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to pay the price for the sins of the world, whether people receive that or not. So we're supposed to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you, even if it hurts you, even if they hurt you, even if they offend you, even if it's difficult for you to forgive them and bear with them. You know, here, here's the truth that I've experienced in life. Uh, there's three sides to every disagreement, right? There's my side, and there's your side, and then there's the truth. Because I see it through my eyes, you see it through your eyes, but God knows what the truth is. And so we have to, if we're going to be authentic, if we're going to be real with one another, we're going to have to bear with one another through the good times and the difficult times. When, when everything's sparkly clean and, and when everything is messy. You know, uh, I learned early on in life that being a follower of Jesus Christ doesn't make everything perfect. It gives me a God who loves me to lean on in the messiness of life. And, and life can be messy relationships can be messy. And the church is made up of people, and people are messy, right? Uh, so why would we think that there wouldn't be challenges in the body of Christ? So that's why Paul says, that's why God inspired him to write, bear with one another and forgive one another as the Lord forgave you. So, an Acts 2 church is 
real with one another. An Acts 2 follower of Jesus is real with other people. An Acts 2 church bears with one another. Acts 2 Christ followers bear with one another. And an Acts 2 church is transparent. Is transparent. And Acts 2 Christ followers are transparent. Now, look, uh, we're getting ready to look at, at a scripture. For some of you, you've never known what to do with this scripture. Uh, for some of you, if you heard it from the, first, if you're going to hear it for the first time today, you're going to be startled, shocked. Um, I'm going to try to unpack it and, and help us understand it. So this is from uh, the book of Acts, chapter five, the first eleven verses. Here we go. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all those who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward and wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen. The feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. This scripture should not scare us. It reveals to us a teaching about transparency. Here's what's going on. Now, if we were to go back to the end of chapter 4, we would read about a man named Barnabas who eventually began to go on missionary journeys with Paul. And he sold a field, it says, that he owned, and he brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. When you study the early church in the book of Acts, you see that the people were very generous. In chapters 2 and 4, we see that people shared what they had, that they took care of the needs of others, and that people occasionally, people sold property and gave the money to the church to be used in the ministry. Now, here's what's going on. Ananias had evidently sold a piece of land, just like Barnabas had. And like Barnabas, he also had pledged the full proceeds to the community of believers. Um, How I come to that is when you go back to the original language, uh, there's a rare Greek verb that's used in there, and it it describes Ananias' action as holding back part of the money, uh, as basically embezzling it. So uh, one, you you don't embezzle your own money, right? Uh, If it's yours, you can't embezzle it. But, but if you've given it or if you've pledged it, but you somehow take it back, something that rightly belongs to someone else, then 
It's embezzling. So, so one must assume either the, the practice of the community was always to pledge the full proceeds of the sale or that Ananias and Sapphira had made such a pledge with regard to the sale of that field. The issue here is not generosity. When, when you read that scripture, you may say, well, well the, they just wanted some back and, and they weren't being fully generous. The, the issue here wasn't generosity. It, it was honesty, be, being honest to God because they had pledged this money to God's work. Um, you, you know, when you read it, uh, he, he didn't have to sell the land. Even if he had sold it, he still could have retained the proceeds. But it was the act of, of dedicating the land to the, to the church, to the body of Christ, that, that he did strictly voluntarily. But, but once it was pledged, it was a whole different matter. It had been dedicated to the community. So in lying about the proceeds, he had broken a sacred trust. Ultimately, he had lied to God. Uh, to betray the community is to lie to the Holy Spirit that fills the community and to falsify to the Spirit of God. It's an affront to him. So think this through. The, the body of Christ is a holy body. It's the realm of God's Holy Spirit. So by the power of, of the spiritual presence of God's Holy Spirit in our midst, we know that he's here. And in the early church, in, in this young community, uh, the Holy Spirit worked miracles and allowed this, the community to, to witness fearlessly and, in ble and bless them with incredible growth. And the Spirit was the power behind the unity and its unity was the power behind its witness. So the body of Christ then and the body of Christ today can, can only thrive when there's transparency and trust. That creates a sense of unity that is pervasive. Where there's duplicity, where there's lying, there's distrust and it breaks the unity. So, an Acts 2 church is transparent individually and corporately. The only way we're going to be authentic is if we're transparent with one another. And, and look, there, there has to be some sense of, uh, of knowing uh, what are our appropriate boundaries. You know, on a corporate level, I say this all the time. I say this in class 101. I say this at, the, at newcomers' classes. We're a completely transparent organization. Ask us anything about what we do and how we do it at Valley Brook. We'll be more than handled to, and, and to share with you. Although we have healthy boundaries. If there's a pastoral care issue, we won't share that. That's a pastoral care issue. That's dealing with somebody personally. It's the same way in our relationships. We need to be real. We need to be transparent with one another. And yet there are certain things and certain relationships that we need to deal with in appropriate manners. And so we can't be completely transparent about everything with one another. But in the body of Christ, we can find a brother in Christ for men or a sister in Christ for women where we can become uh, spiritually yoked together to encourage one another and, and to help one another grow and, and live fully as followers of Jesus Christ. In, in the community of, of Christ followers, we need to commit to living authentic lives. Uh, we, we need to be open. We need to be honest about our struggles and our successes. We, we need to, to also main confidenti maintain confidentiality. 
We need to squelch gossip. We need to connect with one another and pray with and for one another. We need to listen to one another. And we need to honor God and one another. And when we do that, we'll change the world. So I want to challenge you this morning to be authentic, to be real with one another. You know, one of the ways you can do that, I mentioned the, the boards out in the lobby. Uh, put up who you're praying for so we can pray with you uh, for their salvation. Put up prayer requests. I put a prayer request up there for an injury that I have in my left foot. Uh, I, I covet your prayers. We need to be real with one another. We need to encourage one another. And that's why uh, those prayers are, are so awesome that we can support one another that way. You know, after the service, I encourage you to do this every, every Sunday. You know, don't just leave, but, but meet somebody. Connect with somebody. Um, and then maybe get together uh, for a meal sometime or, or for coffee. Um, if you're in a life group, you're not doing life together if you're not being authentic. If you're just showing up, Life groups are our small groups where we study the Bible, where we pray for one another, and where we build relationships. But if you're not opening your life up, if you're just sort of keeping everybody at safe distance, you're really not being real with one another. You're not doing life together. If you're not in a life group, I encourage you to join one. You can go to our website, and you can find out where the life groups are. But here's the challenge. Will you begin to pray and ask God to help you be real and authentic I know this because it's true of me. We all have challenges. We all have things that are exciting. We all all experience moments of feeling overwhelmed and, and moments of excitement. We all need someone to walk with us occasionally. And that can only happen when we're authentic. So I want to challenge you to do that. I want to pray for us. I'm going to invite Chris to come up and he's going to play while I pray. And then we're going to close with a song. But, but, but in this prayer time, I'm going to kick it off. But then I'm going to go quiet and I'm going to let you have some silent prayer time with God because um, I recognize that for some of you, I'm pushing you outside of your comfort zone. And I want you to wrestle with that with God and ask God to speak to you about that. So would you bow your heads with me and pray? Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We thank you that you have put us into your spiritual body, the church. And you've knit us together around the common faith in Jesus Christ. And you've brought us from all kinds of walks and backgrounds and ethnicities and traditions. And we all make up people with unique gifts and unique personalities. And you've created each one of us with our our unique wiring. So we thank you that you've created each one of us, but but you brought us together. And we're not supposed to, to do life alone We're supposed to walk 
with a brother and a sister and with the body of Christ together. And so, Lord, I know we can't be open and honest about everything with everyone, but, but we do need to walk with one another. We need to be authentic. And so, Lord, I pray for every person in here. I pray for everybody who calls you Lord and Savior, that, that they would respond to your call to um, be one in heart and mind in the body of Christ. And that's going to cause us to be uh, open ourselves up and be authentic and, and be transparent. Lord, for, for each one of us, we just need to talk to you about that. So I pray that you would hear our prayers on that right now. prayer is the same prayer that you prayed. May we, the body of Christ, be one as you and the Father are one. And help us take the risks to be real and authentic to establish that unity. We pray this in Jesus' name. I'm reminded of the hymn, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. I can't quote the whole thing, but I remember this part of the verses. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. And that's our common faith in Jesus Christ. And it knits us together. It unites us. Look, I'm going to give you a blessing in just a moment, but I want to challenge you. Don't just leave. Connect with somebody. Come back at 12.15. We're going to have a, a pasta lunch, and you're all invited to come back. You, know, you can go home and, and make some pasta real quick, just some noodles and butter. It would be great, and we'll enjoy it. But, but do that. Stop by the, the boards in the lobby and put up your prayer requests and your prayers for salvation. Have a cup of coffee with somebody and, and uh, meet somebody you've never met today. So let me close with a blessing for you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit be with you today, tomorrow, and always. I invite you to go in peace. If you want to pray, the prayer team will be up here to, to pray with you this morning. So go in peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. It's our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information about Valleybrook Community Church, please visit our website at valleybrook.cc.